Hey there, enthusiasts. Welcome back to Hero Talk. I am your host, Judge Greg. Joining me today, I have Axelon, which you probably know from one of several hundred Let's Plays that you can find on a YouTube channel. Axelon, how's it going? Doing great. How are you? Good. I also have Brian, a staple of Hero Talk. Brian, welcome back. Howdy. All right, and today's film is Captain America: First Avenger. Now, I gotta, I gotta be honest. I always used to call this movie First Avenger, and I know that was the international release name. And so I get, I get the question all the time, like, "Oh, did you see the international release? Like, oh, where were you when you saw it?" Like, I just call it First Avenger because if I just say Captain America, then you get it confused with Winter Soldier. So I'm gonna try to do my best not to just call it First Avenger, but I did see this in the good old U.S. of A., and it was called Captain America: The First Avenger. Um, before we get too much further, though. I need to remind everybody listening that Hero Talk is a spoiler podcast, and while we will try our best to keep it to the movie at hand, this is the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so you need to be aware that anything that has been released is considered on the table and fair game. You've been warned. Alright, so before we go into what everybody thought, I'm going to go completely out of order, and I'm just going to go right to the end, and I'm going to say, I don't think he really needed to put the plane in the water at the end. Really? I mean, it's... In, in in the traditional comic books, it was it was a missile. There's no guidance system. There's nothing you do. You either kill the engines and let it go in the water, or it continues on its already predetermined course that you can't do anything about. In this case, he's in a, a steerable, drivable plane with at least enough fuel to maybe circle around a little bit and let people figure out what they're going to do. It just seemed like, well, I'm going to put it in the water. It's like, well, why don't you just use that same stick and just turn that sucker around to the right a little bit and maybe go somewhere where you don't have to put it in the water or maybe give people some time to figure it out instead of just saying, well, I'm going to drop now. But or then use how one of those little airplanes that you could fly in the back and fly out of that. I don't know. He probably thought there was no way he could get it safely on the ground without detonating the bombs. All right, so maybe he couldn't get it safely on the ground in, like, New York. Got it. But... I mean, you could probably get it safely on the ground in Iceland or something, or Greenland, or somewhere where you got, like, just nothing going on, you know? Like, Let's also remember, if those bombs go off, he dies too. That's true, but he thought he was going to die anyway, honestly. I mean, yeah, he couldn't I'm, I'm, he I'm, talking, I'm talking from a writing perspective. Yeah, it just, I don't know. It, it really I'm fairly just, convinced really? that if he positioned himself behind his shield in the right way, he could survive those explosions. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right. Yeah, no, he survived that's... a lot behind that thing. That was a that was a useful shield he had there, um, and and a well foreshadowed one too. Anyway, uh, I just yeah, I just don't get the whole put in the water like because it's it's steerable now, so now it's not like your choices aren't the water or New York City. Your choices are the water, New York City, the middle of the Canadian wilderness, the North mm. Pole, uh, you know, going around in circles for two to three hours while Howard Stark thinks of something and walks you through disarming everything. You know, like there was. There's just a lot. Or, you know, what you could just do is then you could put that sucker on autopilot, you know, turn it around, so give yourself plenty of ocean, put it on autopilot, go in the back, and just drop those suckers in the ocean like you've already been doing. Like, oh, well, now we're good. Now I can just try to put this thing down. It just by making it a plane and not, not a missile and, and making it something that is inherently steerable, it just felt like it didn't seem necessary except for the fact that we all know how the story of Captain America works. That's a good point. Like there were like a whole bunch of the quote unquote missiles in those, uh, yeah. you know, th th those little planes that were with it. Like that's that's pretty much what they were. Yeah, I don't think they was. I don't think those were meant to land. Those were meant to right. Those were meant to blow up. There's, there's no way that's going to land on anything. Yeah, there's there's no there's no wheels on those. You know, those one one purpose. And so one I could way. see that going like I can't land this thing. I gotta <laughs> I gotta put it in the water. I don't have a choice. You know. Yeah. 
that I could get, but like he was on a, a steerable plane. So yeah, that's that was us. That was such a nitpick that I had that I had to go all the way to the front of the podcast to address it because <laughs> it's just oh, it's too important to wait. You're not alone. Everyone has talked about that. Everyone. Yeah. I have actually never heard that discussion. Yeah, I before hadn't heard now. it either. It, so I'm not alone on this. You guys no. haven't seen uh, how it should have ended. No, I've uh, I haven't seen on this one. No. Yeah, that's it's a pretty big thing. They go on for like five minutes about it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's. Listen, I try not to be like CinemaSins and how it should have ended. I'm going to give you guys a couple of shout-outs. Give me a shout-out, CinemaSins and how it should have ended. I try not to be them. Like, I don't try to, like, try not to step on their jokes, and I try not to sort of do their shtick. And, and this, I'm definitely doing how it should have ended shtick right now, where I'm looking at the end of the movie and saying, here's how it should have ended. And I get that. But, I mean, seriously, it's it's something that has been a glaring error in my, in my eyes about the film, is that if you're on a flyable plane, you your choices aren't. Everybody dies, or the water. You you have you have other choices out there, and it just. I agree. Yeah, I think what they should point. have done like, is I, I didn't... damage the plane so badly that he had no choice but to go in the water. Like it was going down in the water right there because half the plane just blew up. Yeah, I mean, you make it so it's like, hey, either you either lean on the stick and it goes down, or you you ride out the current course and you're over the eastern seaboard. You know. Yeah. It would have been more believable if the tesseract fried the engines and he had no choice, and, and, and like, he, and he didn't have any say in the matter. Like, like yeah, maybe, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Like, like maybe somehow the radio survived and he was able to get yeah. a few last words with Peggy, but that's that's really a, about all I could buy out of that. Yeah. Well, anyway, so Captain America: First Avenger. Um. I was actually a big fan of this movie. I liked it as a period piece. I wish it wasn't sandwiched between two modern day uh, versions of it. I thought maybe let it stand alone and not let it be a uh, an Avengers tie-in. But uh, I I like this movie. Excellent. What did you think? Uh, I agree. Um, I've seen kind of like a mixed reception for this movie, but uh, I honestly think it's one of the better films Marvel has made thus far. So there's that. Yeah, I know, Brian. How about you? Yeah, I really liked it too. Like. I I didn't really walk out of it going that was a great movie. I walked out of it going that was a that was a really good movie. Yeah, you know yeah. it was like it was a very good Captain America movie, and I thought it made a very good World War Two movie. Like it like like the 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 amount of detail they went into for all for for, for the scenery around that whole conflict like that. Like yeah. if, if if you if you didn't know that Captain America was fictional, you could have thought this was like a, like a Saving Private Ryan type thing. Yeah, I really like how they made and there there was a lot of press about this movie coming out, and almost I hated almost all of it. Um, and the one thing that kind of kept me on board was that the director was going to be Joe Johnston. Yes, and, and he did the Rocketeer. Oh yeah. Yep. So that was always in my head. Is thinking like this guy can do a period piece action movie and make it and make it good. Yeah, I, I like the Rocketeer. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Rocketeer. I think that's a phenomenal movie, and so that kind of kept me on board. But I kept hearing these crazy things about like, oh, well, Captain America's costume is really his USO costume that he wears when he entertains <laughs> the troops, and like you hear these things, and you're like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. What are they doing? And then you see it in practice, and they really kind of made it work with the arrow. You're like, I could totally see them doing it. This was they were doing all kinds of stuff like this during World War II. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, and I like I like the World War II setting. It's a uh, it's a very interesting time, and it's one of those ones where uh, history almost unambiguously remembers America as being the good guys in. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. mean, that's that's if you want to set Captain America, you put him in in you know you put him in World War II, and and try to avoid any of those other wars that we're not going to talk about on Hero Talk because we don't <laughs> need to get that emails. But but yeah. you know, like I think one of the most common criticisms i hear about this movie is it was just so boring like i've heard of people like falling asleep during their first run through wow really yeah 
And, you know, watching it, I can kind of get that. It, it's got a very slow build up to mm-hmm. it and not, and, and not in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a lot of talking going on for a, for, for a while, but, but, but I mean, that's the thing about like it's a war movie, you know. Usually, there's a lot more strategizing going on before the conflict rather than just okay, we're gonna fight, 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 fight. In a yeah. way, I, I I agree, Brian. I um, but in a way, I agree because it kind of reflects the character of Captain America. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Thor is all like you know hammer smashing and Hulk you know is punching everything, Iron Man shooting everything. Captain America, he's even though he's he's well, he's Captain America. Like he's a uh, Kind of, a, he's a reserved person, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it made sense in the context of that. Like he, he's no Tony Stark. Right? Well, he's, he's a soldier, you know, and and he. So, so that means like he he plans stuff before he mm-hmm. does it. Yeah, exactly. And I gotta say, and I I really appreciate that they did this. Is I like the interpretations of Captain America, where the captain is an actual legitimate army rank that he has. Yes, he's not some some like private who then like puts on a Captain America suit and says oh, Captain. Oh yeah, like comics. He's, yeah, he's actually like mm. you have the rank of Captain. Well, I think I think that became like an honorary thing because yeah, I don't think he went. I, I'm not. I mean, they, they obviously didn't talk about it, but like it was probably one of those things that just. They slapped the name on it so it's so that it sounded good, and and it was yeah. like, okay, if we're calling you Captain America. You're officially in the army. Let's just make you a captain. Yeah, I, I got the impression that the uh, the senator there just kind of spot promoted him. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just to be <laughs> God, like, hey, we're senator. gonna call you Captain America, and we're gonna make you a captain, and 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 I like I like that as stuck. And it plus, I mean, the thing is, is Captain America. It works as like a thing to like try to get kids on board and like try to get people mm-hmm. excited because I mean, it the actual Captain America, like the the comic book, was written in that era for that reason. So yeah, it worked. Plus, Private America just doesn't sound right. <laughs> no, pri- Private America sounds like a completely different movie. Sergeant America doesn't even work that well either. No. Um. All right. So let's talk about the cast. Uh, Chris Evans. Now he's in the 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 secret club of people who play two different superheroes on the big screen. So he's he came from the Human Torch, um, yep. which got a little nod when they were at the uh, the Fair of Tomorrow or whatever it was called. I forget when they were showing the uh, yeah the the Golden Age Human Torch, and he kind of looks at it. And he's like, "Whoa!" I'm like, "Yeah, I I get it. I get who he played. No, you don't <laughs> need to don't need to pound that in. I don't even know that was intentional, but that's I it felt intentional. Yeah, I I, yeah. I honestly. I, I had misgivings about him when it was first announced because I was mainly because what I had seen him you know, of his work, like he had, you know, he had done the Human Torch and he had done a lot of other like kind of like silly roles, like like I, I guess they'd be action roles, but like he was a little too wacky, a little too humorous. Maybe not. I mean, he is, he is pretty word, humorous. Yeah. I think the the, yeah. the things I remembered him from the most was the Human Torch, and then from not another teen movie. Oh yeah, I remember that one. Now I was thinking, um, let's see, had the losers come out by then? Yeah, I think it had. Yeah, it had. Yeah. So like, I was thinking Human Torch. I hadn't thought not another teen movie, but that's a good point. Mm-hmm. And the losers. I'm like, really? You yeah. want this guy? Yeah. So anyway, we're, talk- we're talking America? about uh, Chris Evans, by the way. I should probably mention that. I don't think we've said his name out loud yet, but Chris oh, Evans played did, Captain but, America. Yeah. But I mean, I. I mean, he he played a young Captain America, but I guess yeah, yeah. Well, I think it really speaks to like the kind of range he he actually had, like that I hadn't seen before. Yeah. Um. When you know it, when we see him, it's like he is, like he is, you know, lighthearted at times, but he's very serious when he needs to be. I'm like, okay, yeah, that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I thought 
I like him as an actor. I just, I wasn't sure if he could actually pull the, I'm the, you know, all American, you know what I mean? Like I'm, you know, yeah, I, I hold yeah. the American values and, and I think he did it really well. Uh, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm a fan of the guy. Plus, and I, I really appreciated this, that even though he was from New York, they decided to go ahead and make him a, uh, a Dodgers fan and not a <laughs> Yankees fan. And I know Chris Evans will appreciate that because he's a Boston native. <laughs> There's no chance he's a Yankees yeah. fan. Yeah, no, I mean, well, I mean, he, he says he's from Brooklyn. He doesn't really say he's from New. And, and right. I guess Brooklyn's considered part of New York. You know, it's not Manhattan. Yeah, it's it's part of New York. However, it, he came from the era when the, the Dodgers were in Brooklyn. So yeah, yeah, um, makes sense. So, yeah, so it, it would it would make sense. Um, I thought I did a great job. Now we got we got to talk before we can even move off the cast. I think we have to talk about skinny Chris Evans. Oh my God, <laughs> that I, was I, done I, so well. Yeah, I, you know what? What really kind of struck me the most is as I'm seeing this one, and there were some scenes that were better than others. I, I give you, I'll give you that. There are some times where you can tell, but in those couple of scenes in The Winter Soldier when they had to show skinny, skinny Chris Evans, and he didn't he didn't look nearly as good as he did in this movie. Like in The Winter Soldier, it's painful how fake the skinny Chris Evans scenes are, mm. and in this yeah. movie, much better. Much better. Well, I think they 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 really had to put a lot of work into it this time around. Like the other time was just, like Winter Soldier. It was just a flashback, it's right. one quick scene. Mm-hmm. But this one, it was they really had to drive home. Like this is how malnourished and out of shape this guy is. Yeah, yeah. This one they had to focus the entire act on the mm-hmm. effects for skinny Chris Evans. Right. So, so you really got to make you got to sell skinny. Now I guess they uh, they tried to do the whole fake Chris Evans head on somebody else's body and it didn't work. So they just went ahead and just made Chris Evans digitally skinny. <laughs> I don't know how they made him digitally shorter. Uh, that one's beyond me. I don't, you know, I don't know all the movie magic and I haven't seen a making of, but uh but yeah, it's just it's Chris Evans in the scene and then they just made him skinny and small. That's crazy. Yeah. But I I mean, I I saw some of the test footage like when when they tried to do like another person's body and his head and it just it looked horrible. <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely awful. It just doesn't work. And anytime you've ever seen that in any other movies and it looks terrible, I mean, it's there's a Marlon Wayans movie, I think, called Big Daddy, and no, that was a well, Big it, Daddy well, wasn't is, the name of it. But yeah, it's the same deal. What is, is that? How they did the Hobbits in the Lord of the Rings movies? No, or did, did they no. digitally shrink them? No, the they Hobbits, used, I think uh, they used a lot of forced perspective. Ah, oh, okay. Because if you notice in the scene where uh, Frodo and Boromir are wrestling, it's actually like two full size people, but you don't notice that because it's it's a quick shot. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, so I think it was it was a really good effect in this movie, but it really did make me think about how bad the effect was in Winter Soldier. And there were <laughs> there were a couple of scenes where I'm looking like, nah, I'm not buying that. But <laughs> I mean, it's it's some four years later, and a lot of those effects still hold up, and it it, yeah. it speaks to how well they work because digital effects age themselves the second they hit the screen, and so you know, good on them here. <laughs> now, what, one one rumor I had heard when you know the movie was still in the works was like I don't think they had even they hadn't even cast chris evans yet but there was a rumor going around that the out of shape steve rogers was going to be seth rogan oh really i'd never heard that oh i'm, <laughs> I'm glad they didn't do that oh well yeah i mean me too and if you think about it like that would have been the absolute wrong way to go anyway right yeah i mean you but gotta make him skinny even though i think i think it was just like a funny joke yeah. someone started and it be, and it turned into a rumor yeah the thing is he's so skinny and you think to yourself like I mean, I get it. You're small and you're skinny, but like you can still put on muscle. Like you would still get stronger running and doing push-ups and stuff. But uh, not if you got asthma. I mean, I mean, no, I guess he was, that, was, that, was he asthmatic? Did I miss that? Problems. Yeah, yeah. They mentioned he was a, he was asthmatic. All right, so we got to move on from Steve Rogers because we can't we can't spend the whole hero talk talking about him. Um, so we have Haley Atwell as Peggy Carter. Uh, she's a character I actually I really liked her in the in the movie. 
Um, and I was kind of glad when I heard she was getting her own series, because it seemed like, you know what, they could probably do some pretty cool stuff with that. And then they made the, the horrendous mistake of showing her still alive in Captain America Winter Soldier. So from now on, for the rest of Agent Carter's TV series, she's never in any real peril. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And even if she dies, she can always just come back to life. They did that with Coulson, so. Yeah. So, I mean, that, I mean, that's, it, it's, it's a problem with having the show like that. They should have done it in Winter Soldier, is had him, like, ask about Peggy Carter and be like, uh, she died in the line of duty while serving S.H.I.E.L.D. And now, all of a sudden, you're watching Peggy Carter going like, it's gonna happen soon, right? It's, <laughs> they gotta show it. Then you're watching and you're, you're kinda wondering what's gonna happen. Now, granted, the show is called Agent Carter, so no, I'm not in any worry that Agent Carter is going to be killed off in her own show. Especially for Marvel. Yeah, alright, so it's not like I'm really truly on the edge of my seat when I watch the show, going like, oh, is Peggy going to die? But it's one of those where she lives to have the full long life, and you kind of already say what her accomplishments are, and so... And it's it just it's one less thing that, that draws me to the show, which is sad, because it, it's probably a show I would like to see succeed. And, well, and it's, it's I really hope it finds a second stride. season. It, has it been? Yep. Oh, good. I think it's. I wish it would find its stride. I mean, it's just I. I don't watch it unfortunately because I just well, don't have that much time on my hands. But I, I felt like it kind of did. I, I don't know about what what like my definition of hitting its stride would be, but like I felt like it found its own identity. Yeah. You know, like the, like it had a lot of interesting moments. Like it wasn't just the you know woman trying to succeed in a man's world thing. Right. Um, I, I I don't I don't really want to see that because I have the Mary Tyler Moore show for that. <laughs> um, what I want to see Peggy Carter do is I want to see her uh, be that same character from Captain America who was basically the, I'm the best around. Well, there's a Karate Kid reference in there that I'm not going to go into. <laughs> I was so thinking of that. <laughs> I almost said it. Uh, yeah, but she, I mean, she was basically, I mean, she was the best among among all of the other people in the movie. I mean, yeah, Captain America's movie, but she was a, a, an extremely talented agent. And it's like, well, I kind of want to see her just do her thing. Well, and that, and that's kind of what happened like what the the way agent carter worked was like all the men came back from the war so they got put back in charge and all of them you know you know to them she, she was just a woman um but she is better than all of them and she has to kind of sneak around behind all of them to prove it i yeah, think it I mean, helps she, she, sorry that's uh she took the role you know seriously yeah mm -hmm. she didn't phone it in not like not like um mm -hmm. what's your face uh nally portman Right, Natalie, Natalie yeah. Portman was kind of wooden, and, and I, I mean, I really liked Haley Atwell, and and it's just, I mean, even though for the movie, if we're being perfectly honest, the female part was a little underwritten, which uh, after Parks and Recreation is now my favorite criticism of an action movie is the female part is underwritten. That was from <laughs> that the episode with uh, Patton Oswalt, but the female part mm -hmm. was a little underwritten. Um, but at least at least yeah. the part that we got was Haley Atwell who did a uh, bang up job with this. And yeah, and, and I and I kind of have to wonder, like mm -hmm. she was she was definitely written to be a very strong character. I like yeah. that, but like anytime you see her, like you know, like she she's out in a war zone and she's still you know in her surprisingly clean and pressed dress uniform. Yeah, um, um, I mean it, it, the, it is a movie after all. It's this is the same movie where Captain Rogers said, "I want to wear this Captain America uniform," and everyone is just okay with it. So. And then she like just walks into like that into the officers' club with mm -hmm. like, in in a red dress, just because, right. just because. Well, like, in, like in her defense, if hey, you have that red dress, I mean, when else are you going to get a chance to wear it? You're in the middle of a war zone. <laughs> I'm telling you, dancing. Yeah. Like, why does she have it though? <laughs> dancing. <laughs> yeah, to go dancing. They can't be yeah. spending all their time in the war. They're in Italy, after all. There's got to be some parts of Italy that are still okay. That's true. You know, in Europe, they did get some pretty good. Um, yeah. So some pretty good liberty spots. Yep. All right. So 
I think I think we've said enough about Peggy Carter. Would have liked to have seen more of her. Hope her show does well. Uh, when it goes on Netflix, I'm probably going to watch it. And unfortunately, <laughs> I didn't watch it uh, in when it in its live broadcast. So sorry about that, Haley Atwell. I <laughs> wish you the best. All right, so now we got to talk about Bucky. Probably a good call not to make him a teenage sidekick. Yeah, I I really liked the backstory they did with this one because what 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 it was in the comics was he was just like some. Ah, uh, just like some punk soldier who like couldn't stay out of the stockade, and right, yeah, and then and, he got like uh, inspired by Captain America or something along those lines. Well, yeah, and, well, it was like Cap was looking, I was like, I guess looking for like a sidekick mm-hmm. to to bring along with him, and it was like, hey, I'm gonna reform this kid. I really liked that they were old friends. Yeah, I thought that, I, that it works. So it much works better. better. I um, yeah, and I I like Sebastian Stan. And it's a good thing I do because I'm pretty sure didn't he signed some ridiculous movie contract with this movie. Like he signed on for I think nine movies or seven movies total. Like, like it definitely way be, like when I heard that I'm like oh okay I'm clearly gonna see Winter Soldier at some point in this. <laughs> and obviously I've seen him already and I think he's has already has enough movies under his belt that I'm probably gonna see him take over as Captain America at some point. Probably. Yeah. Because um, I think Chris Evans is basically saying like after this run I'm out. So yeah, he says he's he's done with acting. Period. After he's done, so yeah. After he's done with his yeah. Captain America contract, mm-hmm. which I, Although, has I do have three more movies, wonder... maybe or two more movies, I think. I think up to Avengers three is his last one. Yeah, I think he's yeah. gonna do. He's now. Does the other does Avengers three count as two movies or just the one? I don't know. I, I think I think he and Chris uh, Hemsworth have have said that they're that they're in both of them. Okay, then. Yeah. So or at least so he's gonna do at least he's gonna do Civil War and then. And then Avengers, and that's fine. And then at that point, let I mean, I'm okay with Sebastian Stan doing it. I like the backstory. Um, there, were, there was the scene where Bucky dies, quote unquote. <laughs> it's and this is it really made me think of it, like the uh, the end scene too. It's like every scene where you have to hit like the major wickets of the Captain America story seemed so forced. Uh huh. Because the scene where Bucky dies, it was kind of like it just kind of it happened. And yeah. I mean, first of all, I know the lore, so unfortunately, I when when there's a Bucky, I know what's going to happen. You know. <laughs> yeah. This it's guy's like n- Uncle Ben. Like you know what's going to happen. Yeah. I, this guy's not going to make it, and I know that. But the scene where it happened, where he just kind of got popped out the back, and then he fell, and it it seemed like. May, I would have liked maybe a little bit more caring attention be put on that scene to make it seem a little bit more heroic and with a little bit more emphasis than it was. Like, I don't, well, I, granted, it's also a war scene where you know yeah. people don't always get to have their soliloquy at the end. They sometimes just get taken. But I think that's, that was the goal. Like they were trying to make it seem like this. You know, this is war. Like this thing exploded and he flew out the train. You know, over a mountain pass or something. Yeah. yeah. They tried to frame it as like, you know, it it, it's, it just happens. Like this is one of those events that in war mm-hmm. and, you know, Captain America for all his strength couldn't stop it. Yeah. I, I, I get it. it. just, it felt a little bit rushed. However, it did. yeah, I, I think it would have been better served like, like as cliche as it would have been. Like, I think it would have been better served with, you know, like, a, you know, like both of them reaching uh, the train hits a bump or something and he slips. Yeah. You know, or at like, least like, maybe, like, maybe make, make it, it a little bit more obvious that he died while protecting Captain America. Like, oh yeah, he just picks up the shield and kind of picks up the shield out. and gets shot. And like, I would have kind of liked rather he picked up the shield and like kind of jumps in the way of the shot and then gets thrown out. Maybe just to make it, yeah, a little more. Maybe emphasis he's trying out. to give the shield to Steve Rogers or something, and yeah. he just gets he gets hit by shrapnel or something. Yeah, I would. I just I kind of thought that was a little. Anyway. It did feel a bit rushed. Yeah, it did. 
Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So we're all in agreement on that. All right. So Tommy Lee Jones playing Colonel Chester, same character he plays in all his movies. Oh, my God. I loved it. So Tommy Lee Jones as himself. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones <laughs> as himself. And I have no complaints. Nope. No. Exactly. He, was, he was perfect. Nope. He knew. Nope. He knew what he, the, I don't, don't even give him a script. Just kind of tell him well, the, the premise of the movie and just let him do his thing. That was probably just him just talking. Yeah. The, the, the great thing about Tommy Lee Jones is he can give you gravitas and humor in the same line. Mm-hmm. I'm not kissing you. <laughs> With a straight face. Let's go. Let's yeah. go find two more. Yeah, I was. I, I'm a big fan of, of Tommy Lee Jones, and so yeah, yeah. It, it was. Even though the character didn't have a whole lot to do, he he played it. I mean, you can easily get a throwaway person for this role just to kind of do the the general thing. Yeah, and you have Tommy Lee yeah. Jones, and he does it well, and he does it. I mean, a good job at it, and I I, I very much liked him in it. I a little sad we don't get to see Tommy Lee Jones after this, but. Oh, yeah, well. I mean that's just kind of the nature of of it, but yeah, yeah. No, maybe maybe they can get him to to make a few guest appearances on Agent Carter. Yeah, it would make sense. I mean, other than the fact that Tommy Lee Jones is such a giant star that you can't afford to get him to make a guest appearance on <laughs> Agent yeah. Carter. All right, moving on. We uh Hugo Weaving. Oh yes, I I actually quite liked him in in this movie. I mean, I think he was perfect. Uh, I don't believe he's on contract to appear anymore, and I don't think he actually wanted to be in this movie, and I think he didn't like it and said he didn't want to do anything else, but... uh, I think he is under contract, but he really, really, really doesn't want to do another one. Yeah. And Marvel's just kind of like, ah, oh, okay. But, hmm. I mean, the thing is, is at the end, Red Skull, it's not like Red Skull dies, Red Skull just kind of picks a thing up and then teleports Evaporate. They, they kind of left it open in case they do want to bring Red Skull back in. Yeah. Like, given all well, it, the, the contract circumstances and all that, it's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, it, what, what happens with the Red Skull, what, what tends to happen with the Red Skull is he, um, like, like he, like, he, he, he repossesses other people. So it's like, you know, he, he's, he's still, you know, a, a Captain yeah. America villain because he's possessing other people who, who put on a red mask. Yeah. But I don't yeah, that's, that's what I was saying. Or, it's like, yeah. we can still have Red Skull, just not necessarily with Hugo Weaving Red Skull. Yeah. But I, I don't yeah. want to see a Red Skull that's not Hugo Weaving Red Skull. To be, to be fair, I don't either. I mean, he Actually, was phenomenal. Was it, me? was it just me, or was Hugo Weaving scarier before he actually had the red skull he was he was scarier before he took the red skull oh my god he's so good at just playing that psycho that psycho nazi you know character there was there was at one point after i'd seen him in a couple of scenes where i'm like oh i hope he never takes that mask off because he's he's so much better now and and when he takes when he takes it off like i mean yeah i mean they did a great job on the red skull effect and I mean, he looked, I mean, the guy looked right out of the comics and he sounds great. And, and he, I like Hugo Weaving, but when he was just, when he had the, 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 when he had the quote unquote mask on and he was, you know, Hugo Weaving's face and you get to see like his emote, cause by the very nature of the red skull, you can't see any emotion in his face. I think it's the lack of a nose. Yeah. Or <laughs> skin, but maybe it's the redness. Yeah. However, you know, as you go weaving, like, you get to see, like, the full range of what he's able to do, and mm-hmm. it was really good, and, I mean, I, I like, you gotta play this guy off, because the whole purpose of this is, like, well, he's so bad, he's he's the worst of all the Nazis. Yeah, oh well, yeah, the Nazis don't like him. Yeah, even the Nazis think this guy is way out there. Um, and, I mean, it, the introductory scene with him and then and the, the, the village and with that, with that one guy, I mean, that was a, that was, was a good really intro. decent scene. I mean, it was, a, it was, he was downright menacing in that. Now was also. Yeah, I mean, just what, a... I think what helps is like when, when when he was when he was talking, he sounded almost he sounded very calm, and he he sounded almost mm-hmm. reasonable, like, like or like he was trying to relate to the guy he was threatening. Right. 
Um, and it's, but it's still like, no, dude, you're fucking insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was, he was insane. Was anyone else getting a Wolfenstein vibe with that giant tank he drove up in? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, a, but a I will bit, now. <laughs> actually, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, that's totally Wolfenstein. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like all the armored uh, Hydra soldiers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I definitely got a, got a little bit of that. And, you know, I mean, the experimenting and the whatnot. It was, yeah. And of course, the fortress built into a mountain. Fortress yeah. built into a mountain. Yeah. It was, it, it hit all the wickets that they had to hit for like the, the evil Nazi science camp. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it actually bugs me in that Hydra was, it, it became its own thing. Like, you have World War II, you have this awesome right. setting. There's so many movies mm-hmm. that use World War II as a setting. And he's, Captain America, for most of the movie, is not fighting Nazis. He's fighting Hydra, who is split away from the Nazis. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, you also, you only have one movie that you, you have to, to try to set up this whole larger world and try to make Hydra relevant so that they'll be a but little you bit. You don't have to make Hydra relevant. Just make them Nazis. They're automatically relevant. All right, but then, well, then you well, get in the Winter Soldier and then you need, you need some, I'm, I'm sure this movie is written with the, the overarching uh, story in mind. I'm sure somewhere out there, somebody has graphed graphed out what you know where the direction all these movies are going in. And I'm sure one of the one of the wickets that the first Avenger had to meet was establish Hydra. Yeah, like well, still do I that think... without not making them Nazis. Yeah. Well, I, well, well, that's the thing. You know, I don't know if they really made them not Nazis. They made them extreme Nazis. And as far as uh, Captain America and the SSR were concerned, they were fighting Nazis. Mm-hmm. Like, th- like they didn't know that. Uh, Hydra was shunned at this point. Like they, like if you listen to uh, Tommy Lee Jones talk about it, they still con- they they still considered Hydra to be under Hitler's wing. Oh yeah, they 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 in universe considered in you know German, but I'm just saying like you know for us the more enlightened audience totally not Nazis. It's disappointing. Yeah. Mm. However, Hugo Weaving killed it. Yeah, oh, even yeah. though I, like he didn't really seem I won't say he didn't seem to care, but you know just seeing comments after the fact. Even with all that, he still does a fantastic job. Oh, yeah. Well, he's yeah, probably he's... one of those, like, just super professional guys. Like, if he's going to yep. phone in a performance, like, even when he literally phones it in as Megatron. Yes. He's going to give it everything he's got. Plus, it helps he doesn't have that many lines as Megatron. Yeah. <laughs> he does yeah. have the line, I am Megatron, which is kind of an odd thing to say when you first wake up in the morning. But sure. Well, I mean, <laughs> when he's been called, you know, whatever serial number for, you know, 50 years, he's probably pissed off. I, Damn I it, I am Megatron. Yeah, I could see that. All right. I'm gonna, we're just gonna really quickly go over some of these other members of the cast because we've been on the cast a long time. Star-studded film, it was bound to happen. Uh, so Dominic Cooper as Howard Stark. Uh, it was interesting to see the difference between like this Howard Stark and the Howard Stark we saw in, in the, the flashbacks or the, uh, the film, the film from yeah. uh, Iron Man 2. I, I yeah, liked what I, Dominic I like... Cooper did, although he was a little slapsticky for me. Mm. Yeah, I, I think bit. I think what I liked was like the younger version of him is a lot closer to Tony. Yeah, but he's still able to like work with people. Like mm. you never see Tony working with anyone other than Pepper or Rhodey. Right. Yeah. Um, Tony's pretty antisocial. But 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 you see but you see Howard in the lab working with his technicians. Yeah. No. Yeah. I. I you see that there's there is a difference there, but. Anyway, I like him. Stanley Tucci as uh, Dr. Erskine. Is it Erskine? Is that right? I think it's Ers- Erskine. Erskine, 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 something like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, I love Stanley Tucci, so obviously he's going to do an amazing job. Yes. Oh, yeah. And I get it. So the first time I see this movie, one of my, my big nitpicks on it was like, so when you shoot Dr. Erskine, 
and then he's he's gone, and then the other vial of super ser- super soldier serum. Wow, that's hard. <laughs> super soldier serum gets gets wrecked and, and knocked out. And then, I mean, you really have to think to yourself, like, all right, so you can't make more? Like, he doesn't have... Notes. Notes. That's my first thought. But then I think to myself, if you're the kind of guy like Dr. Erskine, who wants to have your say in who gets your serum, and you've seen it be used, you know, so horribly wrong as the Red Skull, I would say you burn all your notes, and the only place where anybody can ever get more from is your own head. Yeah, that's probably true. Or, Or maybe, like, he wrote down, like, like, the general stuff just to... Just so he wouldn't have to memorize it all, but yeah. he'd leave out like key things because they were able to kind of replicate it in the comics. Yeah. Well, plus, in the Incredible Hulk, they used it. Yeah, I mean, in the yeah. Incredible Hulk, I was kind of under the impression that Emil Blonsky basically was a super soldier at that yeah, point. They, they, they yeah, they literally well, yeah, gave that's what him they were using the Captain on. America formula, mm-hmm. or what they could piece together from it. Yeah, so he wasn't perfect, but he was pretty pretty close to Captain America at that point. And that was actually kind of the excuse, like, the Captain America comics, like, ran into the 50s, too, mm-hmm. where he started fighting communists, and it didn't work quite as well as when he was fighting Nazis. So so they kind of shelved the... Um, like Indiana Jones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Indiana Jones. Yeah, they they, they, they shelved the, the comics for a while until Marvel picked it up. Mm-hmm. And and the way they explained what happened in the 50s was they were like, oh, no, no, Cap got frozen in 1945. This guy was, this guy and this captain and this Bucky were lookalikes who were given the best we could do with the super soldier serum. And they went crazy. Yeah. I, I think maybe you have a better, you know, in the comics when something weird like that happens, just don't try to make it work. Just come right out and say, yeah, th- we're just going to say that didn't happen. Is everyone cool with that? And then, you know, we're cool. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. So moving yeah, on. Well, the list. I, I think I think I think in a lot of ways, comics, they might try to do that until they actually start referencing it and then they get called out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, Arnim Zola. Uh, Toby Jones played Arnim Zola. Nice little, nice little uh, throwback that, like, the first time we see him, his face is in a screen. Yeah, I thought that. Was there cool. was there was this briefest moment where I'm like, "There's no way," and then they show the actual. I'm like, "Oh, okay, all right, I guess I saw that coming." But, <laughs> well, yeah, we we got the payoff from that in Winter Soldier, so you know it it came full circle. Yeah, well, it wasn't like, quite swear, the same, but like... I think it worked. Yeah. Um. No, not whole lot. Neil McDonough came back as uh, Dum Dum Dugan. I say came back. Because I'm saying came back to hero talk, basically, because he's a we've we've mentioned him more than once, makes a much better dum dum dugan than he did M. Bison. Mm. Uh, since I'm gonna take I'm gonna take your word for it on that. Yeah. He basically well, no played M. Bison talk, as yeah. as Dum Dum but with a thick Irish accent. That I mean uh, very little difference between how we played. Alright, moving on. Um the other now what was this name of the, the group of guys, like his soldiers? I know they had a name in the comic book. The Howling Commandos. The Howling Commandos. Like, yeah, so all of the Howling Commandos were there. And if you and were a really big fan of them, then you would have seen your guys represented at some point in time or another. I think what was, um, I, I think w- one of the one of the things in the comics was like Nick Fury was actually part of it, and he and Dugan took like a watered down version of the Super Soldier Serum, and that's why they're still alive. Huh? Something well, that'd like be, that. That'd be nice to have. I mean, I like Neil McDonough. I'd, I'd take him as Dum Dum Dugan yeah. if he came back. But anyway, so yep. Neil McDonough is Dum Dum Dugan, and just so that these other guys can feel proud for their moms, I uh, got Derek Luke as Gabe Jones. Kenneth Choi as Jim Morita, who probably had one of my favorite lines of the movie. I'm from Fresno, Ace. Yeah, so I, mean, I can't think if there's anybody else following Commandos that I'm, I'm missing. Uh, yeah, I mean, like some of them... Oh, no, uh, Jacques Dernier was Bruce Ritchie, and uh, James Montgomery Fowlsworth as J.J. Field. There, I had him. You guys, you can all tell your mothers you were mentioned in Hero Talk. 
Um, think to anybody else, Michael Brandon to Senator Brandt. Now, the Senator Brandt scene, this one thing I want to point out, they have this scene, so you have the Stan Lee cameo, and he calls out, and he's wanted to think of Captain America a, uh, a medal, and he calls him out like, Captain America, like, are you willing to tell me that Brandt started this ceremony with Captain America not there? <laughs> and there was nobody backstage, like, holding Captain America to cue him in. He's like, I'm just going to start the award ceremony, and hopefully he shows Well, up. I mean, wouldn't he know that he's on tour in Europe? Yeah, like, he would know. He wouldn't just come out and start talking and then point to the back. He would have known before he got on the stage. Right. And then... Yeah. I mean, I guess, as far as Stanley cameos go, this one's the most forgettable, because until I watched this movie last night, I uh, I completely forgot Stanley had a cameo in this movie. Well, yeah, it's very throwaway. He blends in pretty well in this one. Yeah, I mean, I I much prefer him when he when he blends in than when they try to call any additional attention to him. Yeah, um, and and maybe one more person that I gotta mention just because she's actually gone out and made a significant name for herself after this movie. But uh, Private Lorraine was the character's name, and that was the uh, that was the secretary to I think or the I shouldn't say secretary. She was like I think the general's aide for mm. uh, for uh, or Colonel Phillips. So I don't know why she would be a general's aide. I apologize yeah. for that. Yeah, so she was a. <laughs> She's like an aide to Colonel Phillips, and she's the one who like hits on Steve Rogers and kisses him. So Natalie yeah. Dormer, and she's actually uh, from Game of Thrones and from the the Hunger Games in the uh, in the Mockingjay movies, part one and part two. She plays the, yep. the director Chrisida, I think is her name. But anyway, so she's gone on, so she gets mentioned on Hero Talk. And in terms of the rest of the cast, uh, Sam Jackson as Nick Fury. Okay, well, we're done with the cast. Yeah, no more cast. <laughs> okay. Holy cow! All right. <laughs> So now we're going to – a couple of things that I was really thinking about as I saw this movie. Um, I – you know, and this is this is the most nitpickiest thing I think I've ever said on Hero Talk. But when Steve Rogers says that he thinks the girls only know that one song, how in the <laughs> world is a touring USO show going to have a chorus line that only knows one song? I, mean, I think he was just nervous and it was just – his act wasn't working, so he was just, like, fumbling, trying to say something. And, and his act probably shouldn't work. If, if you're really thinking about what's going on there, is like, he's the USO, I'm in the movies, I'm a movie star. I mean, he is Captain Hollywood to those people right now. And then he shows up and he's like, are you going to help me sock Hitler in the jaw? I'm like, what, help you? Homeboy, we're the ones who've been doing all the work. Well, and that, that's kind of the point. Like, it worked better, you know, when he was... When he was uh, begging for for bonds, yeah, yeah. entertaining children, yeah, and, like like he, like I think they really did only know the one song, because the rest of the show was him mm-hmm. talking up buying bonds and you know pretending to punch Hitler, yeah, um, like like that, like that was all him. But when he goes to the USO, when he goes on the tour in Europe, nobody wants to see him. No, no. so so it didn't so it didn't work. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. And I just, I guess, I know it wouldn't work, and that part was realistic. It's the idea that the, the show organizers didn't know it wouldn't work. Like, I, mm. the, US, the USO is a little bit smarter than that. That's true. Yeah. So, that, I mean, that's just my nitpick on that. However, I mean, it it got him in Europe, and then it also got him that scene. So, we, we were able to see sort of a classic Captain America uniform scene, and even wearing the helmet with the A on it. and With the little oh, feather yeah. wings and the shield. Yeah. You know what? And it worked. It absolutely oh, worked, because yeah. um, I was worried it wouldn't. But I shouldn't shouldn't have doubted Joe Johnston. That guy knows how to make. Well, it's weird, like the, yeah, he the, knows how to make it work. The, the 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 one he uses on the tour is absolutely silly. It looks ridiculous, and he right. and he knows it's yeah. You know, when he's about to go out there, he knows it's it, it it it's not very effective. Right. So he puts on a leather jacket and steals a, a um, steals a helmet. The, 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 the helmet with the A on it. Yeah. 
And they just happened to be the A, because they were U, U's and S's, and, and he got the A, so that he could be Captain America. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it, it looked good, and it was also it was also a scene, we got to see him once again jump out of an airplane. Yeah. I think he had a parachute this time. Yeah, not as fun. <laughs> well, um, I mean, the thing I liked about that costume was that, yes, it was hokey, and it was silly, but it was kind of the point. Yeah. Like, yeah. like he, it wasn't meant like, as a serious, you know, like, battle uniform. It was meant there as a, as a propaganda tool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is why I, I have problems with his Avengers costume. Like, no, that's that's meant to be a serious uniform it, now. It, yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. Is in, well, in the Avengers costume, it's almost exactly the same as his USO show, and it looked like pajamas. Yes. Yeah, and, and I think I think the reason why it looked that way, like, I think they explained that very well, was Coulson said, I, I, I had a hand in designing it myself. Like, they made it out of functional material, but, you know, Coulson yeah. got nostalgic and painted it up. Right. But the, the thing is, and, and I, I hate to constantly bring this up, um, and when I say constantly bring this up, I don't think I've ever brought this up before, but I really, really liked his his costume in the first Avenger. Not like the USO one, but like when he finally got his costume. Oh, yeah, costume. the main, the main uh, yes, combat the best one. one. Yeah, that was really, I loved it. Really it's nice. the best one. I mean, and, and it's... I, I the, the Winter Soldier one, in terms of like the one that he was wearing at the beginning of Winter Soldier, would probably be a very, very close second. I love them both. And so I couldn't, I don't know if I could pick one if I, if I really had to, cause I loved them both, but I'm telling like when I saw this and I saw how it worked, I'm like, oh, they made it work. Like they made it work. It looks, it looks awesome. It looks military-esque. It looks like, you know, I mean, it just, it looked great. And I really, really liked it. I really, I, I really liked, I don't know if, if, if you've seen Age of Ultron yet. I really liked the, uh, the, the, the costume they used for that. Like it, it looked a lot more functional than the one in, the first Avengers movie did. Yes, it did. Yes. Yeah. It's... I actually have not seen Age of Ultron yet, and I know I am way behind the curve on this now. <laughs> you guys listening, you don't know when we record, but uh, Age of Ultron's been out for over a month. I apologize. I was supposed to see it last weekend, and stuff got in the way. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. I was actually going to go see it tonight, except we were recording. So that's what I do for you, you hero talk listeners out there. I go watch it watching, tomorrow. Yeah, I'm probably going to watch it tomorrow. I need to see this movie. It's like I'm at the point where I'm in I'm in a good position though because I no longer have to worry about sold out shows. Yeah, I, I can just roll into the theater and I basically have my choice of the place. Oh so, yeah, so like, I, w- I went to Mad Max and I, that theater was almost empty. Yeah, I hear that's good too. It is. It yeah, is. I've heard great. But anyway, anyway, yeah, that is not what Hero Talk is about today. <laughs> nope. But but yeah, I now and one of the things that I I kind of I point out and. In Winter Soldier, uh, he he went allegedly went back to this uniform, but it was different. And I was it say, was I different. It was I noticed different. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I like this one better. Hmm. I I I do now. I I like that he went back to like a World War Two esque one in Winter Soldier because, quite frankly, um, this is an awesome costume. And and this is huge. I like he was shooting guns. Yes, I was going to bring that up. I mean, yes. you, you have to, right? Like, I mean, you got to. If you're a soldier, I can't believe he's using a shield exclusively. Yeah, I mean, it made more sense, but like in the comics, like he he's actually, I don't think he's really against using guns, but he's like, you know, that was more Bucky's thing. Yeah, I mean, but he did. He has used them in the comic books, like in in the 1940s. But I, I want to say, like, with the, with the whole comics code thing, he probably got right on board with all of the DC superheroes and just had a no killing policy. Well, yeah. plus now that he's fighting criminals not you know soldier in a war anymore he could, it's probably easier for him to make that distinction right i mean now now he's got to worry about due process right you know he's he's not <laughs> <Yeah>. judge dread <laughs> um, he follows the law he, he is not the law he is not the law he follows the law very good very he good distinction. the law all right so the, the shield scene and when i mean the shield scene I mean the scene where he picks out his shield 
It's probably one of my least favorite cliches that I see in movies all the time is when, like, you're showing somebody this whole assortment of things that you want them to pick from, but you have, like, the super secret prototype that's also out, but no, no, we can't use that because of something, something. Like, all right, homeboy, (laughs) if you didn't want him to pick the super secret vibranium shield, why did you have it out with the table of all your shields? Like, even if it was under the table, like, why don't you put that in the back or in a case somewhere? Like, what do you think he was going to do? I was thinking about this. I mm-hmm. think because all the shields he actually had that he wanted him to pick one from, mm-hmm. they all had, like, gadgets on them. I, I, I don't know what they were, but you could tell mm-hmm. that there were, like, gizmos and stuff yeah. all over him. And I think he was trying to do something with the vibranium shield. He just couldn't figure out what he wanted to do with it. And that's why he just kind of had it stashed, yeah, like, under a like, table or something. Yeah. And he was yeah, he like, got the, the, around the, to it, but he just never did. Mm-hmm. The, the, the one that... Um... Like the the one that the the camera actually panned to it looked like it had a gun built into it. Yeah, that looked. Kind he of, mentioned yeah. like you know there was one he mentioned it had like a like a an electric current through it, so mm-hmm. it was probably meant to like shock yeah people as he bashed them with it. I thought I would much rather have the one that blocks to, everything. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I think that one was good because it, it was nice and light for throwing. Yeah. Yeah. I thought like the one he mentioned was like an electric thing or, or something. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were about to make a reference to like when he first joined the Avengers, his shield had like a magnet or something, so it would like return to him. Oh yeah, no, I remember it. that. I thought they were they were trying to go with that, then he just forgets it and moves on. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that was if that was it. Like I think I think that was that was meant to be like uh, like like an extra weapon, like so he could like shock people as he hit them with it. Yeah. It just, um, it just, it felt a little forced in that scene where he's like, no, you can't pick that one. That's a super rare blocks. Everything is perfect for you, shield, that you can't <laughs> have, you know? I don't even know if he knew, like, that was, like, like, like that was going to happen. Like, like it was going to be that effective. Yeah. Like, he knew it was light. He knew it was vibration free. Yeah. Or whatever. I don't yeah, think he knew magic, it was going to, yeah. it was going to stop bullets that well. Like, like, or they didn't even ricochet. They just lasers. fell. Yeah. Fortunately, Peggy Carter actually, uh, <laughs> was able to test that for him. Well, now, what if that didn't work? <laughs> like, honestly, like, what, oh, what if it turns out everywhere. the shield doesn't work? And it's like, oh, well, I, I just killed Captain America. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> that's life in prison for me. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that was my other thought. I was like, well, if it's an experiment and she goes to shoot, now I get she's supposed to be mad at him. But seriously, though, like, you, you could have just killed Captain America. <laughs> and, and yeah. then, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm a great scene, but yeah, like, practically yeah. thinking, like, that would not have been your best move. Yeah, no, that would have. I'm pretty sure someone's going to notice that. Although I do have to question the whole no ricochet thing when in Winter Soldier he clearly uses that, uses ricochets to his advantage. Oh, that's right, he does. That's weird. Well, it's like the time when when he throws his shield around and sometimes it bounces off of walls and sometimes it sticks in them. It's like, why depends on what the wall is made of. Yeah, I I think, let's just call it what it is. The shield is magic. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It It really is magic. Yeah, it's a, it's a magic shield. It's Captain America's magic shield, absolutely. Yeah. So all those who oppose this mighty shield must yield. Oh, I was really hoping we could get through this whole podcast without that song coming up. Ah, what? Like, what is that from? You don't yeah, know no, that? No, that was no. from like his really really old cartoon show, wasn't it? Oh wow. Uh, was it the cartoon? I don't know. I don't. I. I mean, I don't think it was from any. I've seen a lot of Captain America stuff, and I don't think it was like from the. Do you guys ever see those movies from the seventies? I've seen. Uh, I know there was like one in like the early '90s where he like gets strapped to a rocket. And he's got yeah, there was one from the like... early '90s, and that one was pretty bad. But there, there was a couple from the '70s where he was like, he was like a, he he had a motorcycle and like his shield was this like clear plastic. And oh my! I mean, it, it was it was pretty bad, and it, it looks bad. It, he wears a big old bike helmet on, and that's where like his yeah. wings are, and it, oh, <laughs> it was not good. I don't, I don't think. 
like really before 1989 batman or or no i, I know, take that back before the first superman movie no no superhero movies were good hey adam hey, west hey yeah exactly movie. you take that back movie. adam west yeah. oh he did have, it that's right bring it i still haven't seen that movie i did love the, the i did love the show as a kid though yeah i, I love that movie. i got it on blu-ray it's that's <laughs> a hero talk just waiting to happen i love that movie <laughs> oh I, I will go on record right here greatest batman movie ever no, I'm, really? I'm gonna concur. I'm gonna say, I mean, okay, it, I you gotta, go you gotta remember what it is, though. Like, don't, I mean, don't think it's like, oh, it's, it's so, you know, it, it was so enthralling. But it, at the same time, it's like this is that movie is basically exactly what Batman in the comics was then. Yeah, total Just, silver. No, age. I, I think, I think when I watch this, I'm gonna go back to eight year old me sitting watching <laughs> whatever was on prime time from the Hong Kong based yeah. channel while I was in Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got, you gotta watch this movie. If you haven't seen it, you gotta watch it. It's, it's right. it is something else. All right. Um, I was thinking, if there's any other real now. The, the whole plan when they're like they finally figure out where where Johann Schmidt's main base is, and and they're going in, and the idea is, well, why can't we just knock on the front door? Now, the, the plan that Steve Rogers has, were like, I, it seemed like he wanted to get caught, but at the same time, like, all right, so let's say the guys with the flamethrowers don't just make the flame wall around you and then point guns at you, or let's say that does happen. What ha- what 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 is your plan, Captain America? If the next step they go is like, all right, so let's just shoot him. Like, how do you know Johan wants to talk to you? Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's so pissed off you destroyed every single base in Germany. Yeah. He, he just wants to kill you. <laughs> I, yeah, so that, I mean, it, it was a little... Eh. Well, I, th- I, th- I think I, he, he might have been thinking, well, at the very least, it gives... Like, I can keep fighting to the point where everyone else can get into position and, you know, and yeah. surprise him. Yeah. It was a little forced for me. Now, granted, yeah. I've, I've seen some pretty ridiculous <gasps> stuff in this movie already by that point. <laughs> Um, for example, uh, when Johann Schmidt decided he was going to take the weird helicoptery thing to get out, but then he leaves oh, Dr. Zola to drive so his car. Weird. Not a scratch. <laughs> Could Zola even reach the pedals? Yeah, I'm like, wait, wait, so... Why? Why would? Why are you gonna trust him with your? If if you could just drive out of there and be okay, why not just drive out of there with your pretty cool car, which was a pretty sweet car. German engineering is something else, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, it had like that that super boost to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That thing caught up with a plane. It did. That was that was actually a pretty pretty uh that was a pretty good scene. I gotta say, it, I it was like... basically the Nazi Batmobile. I mean, it was. <laughs> it was. It was the Nazi Batmobile, but it was cool. And he got up with the plane, which, I mean, I like the plane scene as much as I critique, like, the whole going into the ocean. I liked the scene. I mean, I thought the fight between Red Skull and Captain America kind of ended a little prematurely when, because all Captain really did was just knock the Tesseract out of its tray, and then Johann Schmidt did all the rest. He just picked it up and died slash teleported away. Yeah, I, I, well, I, well, I think, I think the, I think yeah. the shield actually like broke the containment mm-hmm. unit it was in. Yeah. So like it, it yeah. probably wasn't Sorry. going to work anymore. Right. It just, it didn't feel like he did that on purpose. It kind of felt like that was a very happy accident that that just happened. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Speaking of the Tesseract. Yeah. I gotta give all, all props to, to Red Skull. Mm-hmm. He has, he did more with one Infinity Stone. Than every other villain with an Infinity Stone, except for maybe Malekith. I would say I yeah. would say he did. I mean, like, let me tell you, he was. If it wasn't for Captain America happening to catch his plane, like, I mean, that, he would have just taken over the world. And he didn't even really use it. He just drained it off and made a bunch of you know space right. age laser he was, guns. He was smart about it. Yeah, you know, yeah. he he did. If if you were going to be an evil mastermind, that's how you do it. Well, I mean, if I think about it, like, really, if you think about it, Malekith didn't do much with it either. He didn't. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing. Like everyone else who's had a, an Infinity Stone has not had it has not had the opportunity to do anything else. 
Like yeah. Loki didn't get the opportunity to do much with it. Like he was just able to he hypnotize a, a few it. people. Yeah. Um. Or well, okay, yeah, the test. Well, well, I meant I meant with other Infinity oh, stones. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, like he was able to control a few minds. Like otherwise, it was like Tesseract energy coming out of his scepter. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, Ronan the Accuser didn't. He put it you know, in his he, hammer. Well, like, like he had, he was Four about quantity. to, like, you know, like smash yeah. his hammer on the planet, but didn't have a chance. Yeah, it's you too busy dancing. Yeah, it was the <laughs> dance off is what happened. But anyway, we've we've already covered that ground. Plus, it's clearly a reference to the cosmic cube for anyone who knows the comics. Oh yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's clearly, cosmic clearly a cosmic. Cube, cube, but they cube gave reference. it an interesting name. Yeah, a fun name to the cosmic cube. I recognized it, but um, I. Yeah, I guess props to him. I like the NC. Now, before before we we go into the the usual hero talk stuff at the end here, um, the the scenes were like it's sandwiched on either end of of the actual movie, the the present day scenes. The first one, the problem with it is that if you're not familiar with Captain America lore, it just basically told you what happens. You the know? first scene. The first scene, the first scene where they find the frozen ship and they kind of dig it out. And he's oh in the, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It basically like right there is like oh, so in case you didn't know, yeah, this is what this is what the end of the movie is going to have happen. Well, plus they did it in the Incredible Hulk too, where they teased him. So yeah, but then that got cut. Did it get cut? I yeah, that was, got cut. That was a that I was, swore that was a I saw hidden it scene in in the theater. Yeah, it was a it was a hidden scene. Huh. Well, you you talking about the thing in the Arctic? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, I need to go watch that deleted scene again. Yeah, it was a deleted scene. Now, you got it, man, I got to tell you, you got to use that slow motion thing on your Blu-ray player, but you can definitely see Captain America, um which it can't possibly be canon right now because the problem with that is that he's not in the ship when it happens, he's just the dude, Captain America, mm-hmm. and we've now established that he was in the ship when he was frozen. And and I, I was thinking this. Now, I, I imagine it's probably S.H.I.E.L.D. is more careful than this, but when they're using that laser to cut a hole in the ship and, like, dig down, I was thinking, like, well, what if Captain America was right underneath that? <laughs> and you shield, show up man. and, like, oh, shoot, we just cut a big old hole in Captain America. <laughs> now it's a S.H.I.E.L.D. Huh? Totally protected him. Yeah. <laughs> that was just my thought. And it was also, it's a little weird that, like, not the whole thing was, was frozen in ice, like, just the very forward part where Captain America was. I guess that makes sense. It just it was a little convenient they were able to just walk around in there. Although I guess they, they never actually showed they showed Captain America's shield. They never showed Cap frozen. Yeah, that's true. So he he so like there was a big hole in the in the front of the plane. He could have been he could have been thrown. That's true. That's true. Although when you see him in in the Incredible Hulk deleted scene, he has a shield. Uh okay, yeah. yeah that it's, does kind of ruin it's, it. It's with him, yeah. So That's left hand not talking to the right. Yep. Uh, but I, you know, so the first scene, that was my issue with, and the last scene, if you're going to try to make him think that it's still the 1940s, why would you pick a baseball game that was before he went missing? I know, like, that was the same Captain thing I was America, thinking. No less. Yeah. How did you not research what game you were picking? Because, uh, like, even if he hadn't been there, he still could have listened to it. Yeah. Plus, he's Captain America, so I imagine that the Super Soldier Serum has also adjusted his memory, so he's yeah. able to clearly recall every single play of that game now. And oh yeah, they, they definitely said like his his memory was yeah. Was, well, he was, glanced was at a map. I mean, was... they established nothing yeah, like I... nothing short of just photographic memory. Yeah. So so I you know it, it makes perfect sense to me that he would remember exactly that game just based on the plays he's hearing, and it was a game he happened to be at. So. Now, well, while I nitpick it, it's not beyond the realm of possibility for me to just say, like, well, you know, that's government incompetence for you. 
Well, yeah, some shield agent didn't. Some didn't shield intelligence right now who's like, your he's job is to pick out the the audio that we're gonna play, and he's like, oh, here's an old game, derp derp, and he puts it in, and uh, there you go. Yeah, some some shield agent didn't didn't. didn't uh, yeah, I think you're right. Shield intern didn't do his yeah. due diligence. It's Galaga, I'm telling you. <laughs> it's the Galaga <laughs> guy. That same guy. <laughs> yes. That same guy. That's canon, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> All right, we've established it right here on Hero Talk. Right. All right. So now we're at the time of Hero Talk. We've got to say what our favorite part of the movie was. And Brian, we're going to start with you. I'm not kissing you. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, that was that was very, very close to being mine. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the other one I was thinking of was um, where, like, P- Peggy's in the club mm-hmm. and... Um, and oh, and when she's ignoring to... Bucky? Yeah, Bucky's trying to, trying to flirt with her and she's just fixated on Steve. <laughs> Yeah, that was another good scene. I'm turning into you. Yeah, it's my worst nightmare. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, both good. Both good. Excellent. How about you? I liked when he signed up with the USO and did his whole tour of America thing. You liked the whole musical number in the anything? The star-spangled man with the plan? Yes. Catchy Um, little number, I gotta say. Uh, you know, it was, it was, like you said, it was kind of catchy. I liked that it made his classic costume work. Yeah. Again, they didn't, they didn't just throw him in World War II in that costume, thank God. Right, right. They, 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 you know, they set him up, and I don't know, it had this very, you know, and Joe Johnson's re- real good at this. It has this very, like, old-time feel to yeah. it. They, they yeah. They got the, the perfect director for this movie. Yes. Although, like, I, I, I will say, like, I, I, as much as, like, I can look at it and say, that fit, it still bugged me, because it had been... Maybe only like a year and a half since since the since the, the the song from Iron Man two and it just annoyed me all over again. What song from Iron Man two? Uh, what they call it, like "Hooray for Tomorrow Today." What? Well, like it, it yeah, was it was their, their Expo theme song. Oh yeah. Oh, I don't remember any Iron Man song that is an ACDC. So <laughs> yeah, no, that was exactly where I went to. So that the song from Iron Man two didn't stick in my head, and I've we just watched it for Hero Talk not that yeah. long ago. So yeah, no, I, still, I remember- still no impression with me. Well, like it, it, I had to sit through it when I was waiting for the end credit scene for Iron Man two, and I just remember it going, "Oh my god, this is oh, so the end Disney!" Credits? Oh, yeah, they probably played the whole thing at the end credits, right? They did. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. See, I don't watch the credits. Yeah, I don't, I don't do that. I don't, I, I don't see the stingers until after the the Blu-rays come out. Oh, so you can skip the credits? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the stinger for this one, by the way, it was just the the trailer for the Avengers. Which, yeah, which still says that like, kind of annoyed yeah, me. Which still says I think next summer when you watch it on the Blu-ray. Yeah, I stopped watching. Cre- I, I didn't watch the credits for Iron Man two, but I stopped watching Marvel credits after Winter Soldier when all it was yeah. was just Bucky like in the right. museum. And I was like, no, okay, I, I'm never staying for another. Scene I stayed time. for the Avengers. That one was it, worth it. No, it was not. Because really? You know what? Captain America was shot in the chest, and they were eating shawarma. That man needs a hospital. I know he heals fast. He was shot in the chest. <laughs> He means in the well, hospital. I, I just, I just thought it was hilarious. It, you know, and, and they, from what I heard, they did it kind of last minute. It was, it was just one of those things like Iron Man had mentioned shawarma, and it's like, yeah, they before they went back, they they stopped for shawarma. Yeah. So, all right. So, public service announcement for all the listeners. Um, you guys, I, I'm assuming you've seen Age of Ultron. Is there a stinger at the end of that? No. No. All right. So there there's you a mid credit scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, there's like there's a mid credit scene. You know, after the whole right. after the flashy credits, mm-hmm. there is something. But Joss Whedon actually came out and said, there is nothing at the e- at the very end of the credits. Oh, Don't thank goodness. Time. I'm going to go home as soon as that part's... All right, I appreciate that. Thank you, gentlemen. Now it's my turn. And I think my favorite part of the movie is, I think, right when he's like about to like rescue all those troops. And he's like, who are you? And he doesn't know what to say. So he says, I'm Captain America. 
<laughs> and because it, it was it was very much a it wasn't like I'm Captain America with hands on. He was like I don't I don't know a good answer to that. So I'm I'm Captain America. It's probably where you know like, me from. It was and they're like yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and what I what I also liked about that scene was like, wait, are you going to be okay? Yeah, don't worry. I know what I'm doing. I've knocked out Adolf Hitler over 200 times. Right, which really hasn't. That was lying. Well, was yeah. Lying. But it was also nice that they had him knock out Adolf Hitler because that was literally what they had Captain America doing in the 1940s, like in real life. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, in real life, but well, too meta. In anyway. comics. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of meta, I was really disappointed that, you know, when this film was coming out and they're doing the marketing, the, like, not one of the posters was Captain America punching Hitler in the face. Yeah, I know. I, I, thought, I thought of that, too. Like, Now, granted, that didn't actually happen in the movie, but it, I, I think it would have been nice. But... Well, I mean, you know, trailers always lie anyway, so... That's true. You know, it would have made, like made, like, a good, like, handout poster, like, at the movie. Yeah. Yeah, Plus, I think so. The thing about comic book movies, like, they have so many, like, great covers, DC and Marvel, that they could use, you know, for, for their posters. They, they don't use them. They need to. They need to start doing that. Now, they, they always use them for, like, some kind of still shot in the movie. They just need to use them for the posters and let the movie be the movie. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, anyway, now, we've reached the time on Hero Talk when we got to give the sucker a score. And, Axelon, I'm going to start with you. I will give Captain America, the first Avenger, a solid seven Americas out of ten. <laughs> seven Americas out of ten. <laughs> All right. No, then that's, that's a fair score. All right, because Brian. Because America. Brian, how about you? <laughs> I will give it seven and a half lab rats out of ten dancing monkeys. Fair enough. All right. Now, in my greater effort to make my scores less sensical, because, and I will continue to say this at the end of every Hero Talk, scores are stupid, and they're for people who don't actually want to hear the whole review. <laughs> so, in, in trying to make it make less sense and be less helpful to my listener... <laughs> If I were to put Captain America, the first Avenger, in the super soldier machine and blast it with Vita Rays, I think it would make it up to 80% before you had to stop. So, so I hope, hope that, that was a very clever. Yeah, I hope that was very helpful for you listening at home. All right. Uh, so that's it for us. Uh, Brian, excellent. Hey, thanks for coming on Hero Talk. Thanks for having me. Always glad to be here. All right. Hey, hey, if you have a movie that you want to hear us discuss, uh, go ahead and send an email to HeroTalk at Enthusiacs.com. For more podcasts, Let's Plays, movies, reviews, articles, uh, visit Enthusiacs.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Enthusiacs. Follow us on Facebook. We're uh, Enthusiacs on Facebook. Uh, we are Enthusiacs on YouTube. And as always, we'll see you right back here for the next Hero Talk. And this was, of course, the infamous Sam Lee cameo. I hate these things. Stanley. I think I said Sam Lee. Wow. There's my stinger. Okay.